And welcome everybody to White Flag Calvary online service from my backyard. It uh, has been a little windy, but uh, it's all calmed down now, hopefully. So we'll see how this goes. Um, uh, we are going to pray and then we're going to get into our time of studying the Word of God and uh, giving Him our full attention. So let's go ahead and get right into it and pray. Jesus, I thank you uh, for your love and grace in, uh, in my life and in your forgiveness, the God that you are constantly working, that you're always accepting me even, even when I fail and even when I'm blind and even when I'm calloused and even uh, when I don't want you to do anything in my life. God, you are so faithful to uh, gently pursue me and uh, and sometimes, Lord, you use discipline. Sometimes you use trials, uh, Lord. And I thank you for all those ways that you work. Lord, I pray that we would be able to see um, your word for what it is, the truth today. I pray that we would be able to um, focus on you and set aside every care and concern uh, in this world and learn directly from you, uh, receive life from you, and get everything we need from you. All our grace, Lord, comes from you, and um, I pray this would be a, a personal interaction with you for every single person that's listening and watching. Lord, you um, promise to meet with us. Uh, you promise to use your spirit, to use the body of Christ. Um, and so I pray that, God, as we gather online, but as we gather in the Zoom meeting after this, and as we call each other and spend time together this week, and uh, love each other and pray for each other, Lord, that you would build your body, uh, you being the head and you being the source of all. But Jesus, your body, we we um, we need each other, and uh, we've never been more aware of that than now during this time. And uh, so, Lord, we pray that you'd help us, and uh, you would nourish your body. You would put someone on our mind this week that we would pray for, that we would reach out to. And we would listen and love on those people who you put on, on our mind and on our heart. We ask that you'd fill us with your spirit. Uh, we want to trust and live by your spirit. Uh, because when we live by our flesh, uh, we cannot please you. And uh, we cannot do all that you expect in our, uh, you, that you require or want to do in us and for us. And uh, so, Lord, help us to live by your spirit. I pray for those who are not feeling well today, um, God, that you would encourage them and help their bodies to heal. And Lord, I pray for our children, God, that they would know your spirit. They would uh, sense your love through our lives. Give us patience, kindness, that we would only speak encouraging, gracious words to our children and that you teach us how to teach them about you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we are continuing on in our journey in the book of Mark. We're in chapter 10. This is our fifth sermon, the fifth and final sermon in chapter 10. Um, and going through the school of discipleship that Jesus has for us. So we're going to be in chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And the title of this sermon is Blind Bart's Faith. Um, if you are from Colorado, then when you hear, hear the word Bart, you automatically think of the greatest restaurant 
in the history of Colorado, nay, the history of the world, Casa Bonita. Uh, and if you have not been to Casa Bonita, you have not yet lived. But if you have been to Casa Bonita, you know that deep in the bowels of Casa Bonita is a wondrous, glorious place called Black Bart's Cave. As a child, many of my most interesting memories are from Black Bart's Cave. I remember hiding under the um, bridge. And if you know now, you cannot get under the bridge. But back in the 80s, everything was fine. And we would hide under the bridge and we would grab people's ankles as they walked past. A delight to all, I'm sure. Um, so, Black Bart's Cave. Yes. Uh, so when you hear the word Bart, you can think of Black Bart's Cave, Casa Bonita, and the wonderful all-you-can-eat Mexican food that some people say is below average, but I would say uh, is delicious and a perfect Father's Day meal. Anyway, uh, that was not a hint, just what we've done usually in the past. Um, so, Bart. We're, I, I, I'm talking about the word Bart because today we're going to talk about a guy named Bartimaeus, uh, which uh, Bar in, in, in Aramaic means son of Timaeus, so he's the son of Timaeus, so he's Bar Timaeus, but we're calling him Bart, uh, and that's who we're going to be talking about today. Have you guys heard the phrase, keep the faith, or just have faith? Well, by themselves, these phrases uh, do not make sense because faith just in, in general is just putting your trust in something or someone. But the important part of faith is who or what you are going to put your faith in. You see, everyone has faith. Uh, you have faith that your airplane will not fall out of the sky. Uh, and, and let me just dive into that. If you if you have ever flown a plane, you have shown great faith because you are you have faith in the manufacturer of this plane that that it can do what it says it is, is going to do. You have faith in the pilot that he is skilled enough to fly. You have faith in the air traffic controller that he's paying attention and he can do his job. You you have faith in the maintenance people. You have faith in the weather. Um, that is a lot of faith all wrapped up. And some of you are like, I am never flying again. Uh, well, it, it does take a lot of faith to fly. But the reason why we choose to have faith in airplanes is because their track record is actually pretty good. Uh, they only sometimes crash and kill everybody. Um, and so they have a pretty good track record. As you guys know, flying is safer than driving a car. Uh, speaking of flying, I was thinking about when my kids were young, um, I asked the flight attendant, you know, if if I could change my seat because of the crying baby next to me. Um, but it turns out that you can't do that when that baby's yours. So uh, I was going to download a laugh track this week because that deserved a laugh track or maybe some boos. But I'm sure BK will be booing me from his house on that one. The point is, everybody has faith. But what do we have faith in? Who do we trust for the important things of life? 
Um, again, some people say, just have faith, just keep the faith. But we need to understand what we have faith in, because faith is not just a magical word that makes our lives easier, like an easy button. Um, but faith in Jesus is the one thing in all the universe that seen and invisible powers bow to. Faith in Jesus makes the hand of God's judgment stop. It calls the powers of heaven to heal and to give and to act where they weren't doing that before. All that we will ever do that is good or eternally valuable will only be done by faith in Jesus. So today, our example of this kind of faith is Bart, blind Bart. Our teacher is Jesus, and our lesson is a Jesus follower has determined faith in Jesus. Or you could say a Jesus disciple has stubborn faith in Jesus, or a Jesus follower has unquenchable faith in Jesus. He doesn't have faith in faith. Again, faith is not a magic word. It has to be faith in Jesus, trusting him to do what is needed. All right, so we're going to read our story here. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho, his disciples and a great multitude, uh, with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then they warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And then they called the blind man and saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So in the story, we're going to see uh, six things about real and authentic faith that Bart teaches us or shows us. Uh, he's an illustration or a uh, um, an example for us. Uh, this blind Bart shows us what real faith is like. And uh, we're going we're gonna to see here, the big lesson is that faith is the point of discipleship. Uh, the point of discipleship is not to make you a person that does lots of good things. Um, that will happen naturally. Uh, the point of discipleship is that you become a person that can trust Jesus. And the road of discipleship is trusting Jesus more and more and more, more than you did yesterday, more than you did last year, able to let go of more and more and more and trust God with more and more and more. That is what it is, what, what discipleship is. That's the entire plan, guys. Trusting Jesus more and more. Now, trusting is scary, and we need to go through fires and trials for our faith to be purified. 
And Bart shows us what it looks like when we get it, when we are determined to trust Jesus, when we are going to stubbornly trust Jesus, even if it doesn't look like we should, or like it's going to be effective, or that Jesus is going to come through for us. Faith doesn't look at those things. Faith says, this is what he said, I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to live like he is going to come through for me. He is going to do his word. He is going to keep his promises. That is my way of living. That's faith. That's discipleship. So, number one, the first thing that we see in this story about faith is that trusting Jesus has nothing to do with how good you are. Um, We see in our text, it said, Blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. So look at Bart's condition. He's blind. He is poor. He is not living his best life now. Uh, He may be thinking, or you may be thinking, will God accept me? I've done too much evil. I'm broken. I'm lost. I'm blind. I'm apathetic. I'm not what I should be. Back in that day, blindness was culturally believed to be punishment from God for being a bad person. Or maybe your dad was a bad person, or your mom, or your grandpappy was a bad person, and that's why God made you blind. Now, we've already talked about that not being the truth, but that's the way people thought. Uh, But for Jesus, that is not an issue. It doesn't matter if you're lost or blind or apathetic. These are no problem for faith. Because my faith is not in me. My faith is in him. And Jesus is none of those things. Jesus is not blind. Jesus is not lost. Jesus is not broken or sinful or apathetic. So we don't have to uh, worry about our faith, um, about us not being good enough to live by faith or to learn faith. So the first lesson that Bart shows us is that trusting Jesus has nothing to do with how good you are. And this is really, really good news for people who are not good. And that is our church. We are not measuring up to his standard. Maybe other churches do, but we, we don't. And we want to live with that kind of humility where we know our faith is not in us. Our faith is in Jesus 100%. All right, number two, the second lesson that Bart teaches us here is that trusting Jesus is linked to humility. It says in our text, he began to cry out, he began to cry out and said, and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bart didn't think that God owed him anything. He didn't think that his life was unfair. He came to God with humility. And that is shown because he asked God for mercy. Mercy is not getting what I deserve. So Bart really believes that he deserves punishment, that he deserves what he gets, that he, you know, he doesn't believe that he is right or he is worthy. And this is hard to accept because Bart is correct in thinking this way. He is not worthy We are evil. We are sinners. 
We are not worthy of God's help. We deserve punishment and we don't deserve his grace or his help. But God has to punish sin or he would cease to be righteous. But God doesn't want to punish us. He wants to show mercy. So ask him for mercy. That's a faith-filled request. That's an attitude of humility. God, I know I don't deserve anything, but I ask for your mercy. If mercy is not getting what I do deserve, then grace is getting what I don't deserve. So the second lesson he teaches us is that trusting Jesus is always directly connected and linked to humility. You have to have an attitude of humility in order to put your trust in Jesus. The third thing that he teaches us about faith is that trusting Jesus means that I'm convinced he is the Savior. Trusting Jesus means I am totally convinced that he is the only Savior. In our text, it says, uh, Bart is crying out. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then they warned him to be quiet, but he called out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And that phrase, son of David, is what we're looking at right here. It is a messianic term, which simply means it was the title of the Messiah. And to teach you what that means, the Messiah was the one God promised would come and save his people. So it's the Savior, the anointed one that would save his people, the chosen one who would do God's work of saving his people. And so by calling Jesus son of David, Bart is saying that he believes Jesus is the only one who can save him. What it also means is that he is fully convinced that he cannot trust in anything or anyone else. This is so controversial in our world today. In our world today, there's so much belief in psychology. A man-made philosophy of how to help men. When Jesus says, I am the only savior, I am the only one that can help men. And then men came along and said, well, you can, you can have Jesus, but if you really want to be saved, if you really want to be helped and healed, you need to study the principles of psychology. I believe that faith says, no, we don't need it. And the argument that's usually thrown back is, well, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And that means that, well, there may be some truths in psychology and they may have some of it wrong, but there may be some helpful ideas and helpful uh, principles in man-centered psychology. And my response to that is, no, you can throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's just fine. Because Jesus said, I'm sufficient. I am the savior. Faith is the solution to all the problems, all the psychological issues, they are dealt with by faith in Christ. Jesus says, I am the healer. I am the Messiah. I don't care what your issue is. I don't care what your problem is. 
Jesus is the solution. That's what he claims. So he directly stands against psychology. He says, you don't need that man-centered psychology. What we need is always Jesus. That's what he claims. That's what I preach. That's what the Bible says. And if you want to believe that you need psychology, the truth is you don't. And I'm going to tell you the truth. You need Jesus. Humble, dependent faith in Jesus Christ is your way to freedom. It's always the way. It's the way for every problem, every issue that I've ever seen. The solution is always humble and dependent faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. He is all that is needed. Um, So, there you go. Number three, the, the third thing was trusting Jesus means I'm convinced that he and he alone is the Savior. Don't get confused. You can't believe you need Jesus and something else. You can't go that way. You will always struggle. You will always be frustrated in your discipleship with Christ, in your following of Jesus Christ, because his path does not go alongside of another path. It's the one way that we must surrender to, his way. The fourth thing, trusting Jesus ignores everything else. Kind of along the same path, isn't it? The text says, Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. There were many voices that tried to quiet Bart's faith, in Jesus. He's not for you. He doesn't deal with your kind. He, you're, he's too busy for you. But Bart believed that Jesus was for him, that Jesus was sent for him. Bart cried out even harder. He was determined. He was stubborn. I will trust Jesus no matter what you guys say. I will cry to him until I die if that's what it takes. I have no other hope. I have no other choice. I have no other faith. My faith is in Jesus only, and I will cry to him only. That's it. What discourages your prayers? What is it that convinces you to rise up before you have your answer from Jesus. For some, it's, I got to do something. I just have to do something. I can't just sit here and wait. And that is giving in to the flesh. The flesh always wants to do something, to get credit for doing something, to, to, to believe that I could do something valuable or righteous. That's not the way of faith. Pray and wait upon him. Stubbornly wait for Jesus to answer your prayer. And if he tarries, if he delays, if he waits, it is to test your faith. It is not, he's not saying, what are you going to do? No, Jesus never says that. He always says, I am going to do it I want you to wait upon me. We accomplish more in an hour of prayer than in a hundred hours of work. And that is just the truth. 
Because God can accomplish more in a moment of answering prayer than we could in a lifetime of working. Nothing is worth being done unless God does it. And so when we are working for the Lord, when we are serving the Lord, always wait upon the Lord first. Let that be the priority. May God help us purpose in our hearts that we will never stop trusting him like Bart shows us. Never turn away, never look to something else and never give up waiting and resting on him. Number five, trusting Jesus exposes us. Trusting Jesus exposes us. Our text says, So they stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man and said, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Bart had no shame in stumbling towards Jesus without his covering, without his clothes on. He didn't need to cover up his poverty his brokenness, his problems. He didn't need to cover it. This is so important, guys. You might feel embarrassed about bringing your dirty, rotten sin to Jesus. But don't let that keep you from running to Jesus and throwing off that garment. It is pride that we don't want everyone to see who we really are, the things that we struggle with, the things that we pray about, the things that we wish would change about our own hearts. It is pride that keeps those things covered. But faith is the opposite of that, and faith casts the garment off and runs to Jesus. No matter how goofy and stumbly we are, we run to Jesus, and he makes sure that we make it. And he makes sure to respond to that faith. Don't let pride keep you from the Savior, the Messiah, your salvation. Just freely confess your sin to the Lord. Don't worry about anyone that hears you. Confess the sin to the Lord. Our sixth thing that Bart teaches us or shows us or illustrates for us is trusting Jesus simply asks for what is needed. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. This is a very important lesson. Blind Bart doesn't try to impress Jesus with important sounding theology or complicated speech. He doesn't say, Father a million times or Jesus a million times. He doesn't say his name a million times. He prays a very simple prayer. He lets his request simply be made known to God. And our lesson here is pray simple prayers. It is good for your faith. I've asked simply for this. It helps you to see where your relationship with the Lord is at. Just simply ask him for this one thing and then keep asking, persevere in asking for that thing. Don't get more complicated than that. Don't, 
you know, get more simple. Don't get more complicated. God, I want this person to be saved. Keep praying for that. Jesus doesn't need to be impressed. He is not teaching us here. You know what the problem is? The problem is you're not saying enough flowery words to me. You're not saying, God, I I respect you and I honor you and I worship you. He's not asking for that. He wants to show you and blow your mind of him answering your prayers. But he also wants to prove to you that it's by faith that he answers those prayers. So he says, ask me for something simple. And in our lives, he says, I'm, I'm going to make you keep asking so until you are convinced that it's always faith that, it, that, um, that I'm looking for and that there, you are fully convinced that I am going to an- answer you. That's what persevering prayer is. If we only pray two, three, or four, or ten times for something, and then we stop and we give up, we prove we didn't really we didn't really believe god was going to answer us and it's with deep regret that i say that statement and it 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 convicts me because there's so many times i have given up praying for something after 1 year or 2 years or 10 years and god has revealed to me and through this guy bart man Your faith still needs to grow. Your faith needs to grow. Jesus has promised that he will answer his prayers. So keep praying. You don't know if that prayer is going to be answered even after you die. George Mueller is a wonderful teacher of this lesson. He prayed, um, he, he was saved for like 60 years and he kept records of every single thing that he prayed for. And he would write down what he prayed for. And he would pray morning and night for that thing until God answered his prayer. And he taught us and showed us that God answered every single one of his prayers. But there was one prayer that he prayed for, I think it was over 50 or 60 years. The same thing for this one person to get saved. And um, it wasn't until after he died, months or years after he died, that that person did come to know the Lord, that did get saved. And I believe it's because of those prayers. Jesus doesn't need to be impressed. He doesn't need you to spend an hour praying for one thing every morning. Just make a specific point to ask Jesus for the thing daily, and your heart will be transformed into trusting the Lord more. I'm going to read a Spurgeon quote. Spurgeon quote. Here you go. Rest assured, these simple prayers, those are the best prayers in all respects. If they be earnest and sincere, which go most direct to the point, you know there is a way of praying in the closet and of praying in the family in which you do not ask for anything. You say a great many good things, introduce much of your own experience, review the doctrines of grace very thoroughly, but you do not ask for anything in particular. Such prayer is always uninteresting to listen to, and I think it must be rather tedious for those who offer it. Even Spurgeon said, pray simply. So what is the result of this kind of faith that Bart has illustrated for us? Our text says, Jesus said to him, go your way, 
your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. So Bart received grace in response to his faith. So think about it this way. Faith is our hand reaching out and extending towards God. And grace is his hand extending back, help back to us. Or you can think about it the other way. Grace is being extended down to us. Help is being extended down to us. And faith reaches out to receive it. Maybe it works both ways. We reach up in faith. He reaches down in grace. We reach back up in faith to receive what he is offering us by his grace and power. Jesus gives this man exactly what he asked for. So why do we have this story in the Bible? So that you can get what you want? No. You see, when we pray for things that are not God's will, as we pray and as we ask, God's Holy Spirit convicts our hearts of our selfish motives. So I say, pray, ask for everything, keep asking. The Holy Spirit will do the work of transforming and working in your prayers and in your heart so that you will start to learn how to ask for his will. His will is not a mystery. He is able to communicate it to you. So ask for everything and the Holy Spirit will teach you and guide you and conform you to his will. But you got to be fellowshipping with the Lord. You got to be asking. Keep asking. Keep asking. But this story is not about getting what you want when you ask. This story is in the Bible so that we can learn to have the faith of Bart. Real faith. Faith that has nothing to do with how good you are. That was number one. Faith that is humble. That's number two. Faith that is convinced that Jesus is the only Savior, the only helper, the only gracious one. That was number three. Faith that ignores everything else, everything that tries to discourage it. Faith ignores it. I'm not listening to you. That was number four. Faith that isn't afraid of being exposed. That was number five. And faith that simply asks what is needed. That's number six. So now what happens? Well, again, Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately his sight, he received his sight. And what did he do? He followed Jesus. Jesus gave him the choice of what to do. Go, go your way. What, what do you want to do? What's in your heart? And what's very clearly in his heart is he wants to be a Jesus follower. He wants discipleship. He wants to, to be with his Lord because he has learned that his Lord loves him and his faith was not misplaced. This is how to make a disciple. Teach them faith, trusting in the Lord. Bart is now a disciple. And another word for a disciple is a Jesus follower, walking with Jesus, connected completely and dependent on Jesus for everything. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem right now to be murdered and killed. But Bart, he's right there. He's going to be with him the whole way. And that is the goal of Jesus, to make followers. He invites us today to be his followers, but we can only follow him by faith. 
That's the only way to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple. A moment of faith when you get saved becomes a lifestyle of faith. That's our sanctification, being transformed every day. That's what discipleship is, a lifestyle of making choice after choice after choice to choose to trust Jesus instead of trusting in myself or any other philosophy. Trust Jesus. Instead of myself or any other person, trusting Jesus. Those choices as a lifestyle is what discipleship is. Learning to trust Jesus moment by moment. After a long time, you find you've been on this road of faith in Jesus. You've been following him for many miles and many years, and you've become stubborn and unquenchable and determined in your faith in Jesus. And that is a faith that has become golden, strong, worth a lot. Faith that has passed through fires and trials and now can stand just about anything. By faith, we are able to stand. And a life that lives this way, a life that follows Jesus and becomes his faithful disciple, at the end of it, Jesus welcomes us into heaven and says, Well done, good and faithful servant. He never says, well done, good and effective servant, good and economical servant. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Are you a Jesus follower? I know the initial response is generally, yeah, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally a Jesus follower. Well, do you invest time? in the relationship with him? Are you investing time? Are you listening to him? Any relationship requires time. Are you listening to him and are you speaking to him? Are you listening to him by reading the Bible, by listening to the word, by listening to worship music or good books, mainly the Bible? Are you listening to him? Or, and, are you speaking to him? Are you praying? Are you developing this relationship? That's what it's all about. Are you a Jesus follower? Well, I hope that through our time today, you've been encouraged to become more of a Jesus follower, that your faith has been encouraged and that uh, we will repent of our ways of not trusting in him, not living by faith, and instead turn to him and say, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let go of everything else and follow you. That is our time in the word today. Uh, We are here this week to serve you and to pray for you. So please send your prayer requests to me in any way that you want and uh, get together with each other, fellowship with each other, encourage each other to trust in the Lord. We are all going through many difficult things, many trials and much fire, and they are all directly connected with our faith. What are we going to put our trust in? Jesus or something else? Encourage each other this week to put your faith in Jesus. Husbands, lead your wives to put your faith, their faith in Christ and um, your children to trust in the Lord as well. Um, you are loved, you are cared for, and Jesus has got your back. Um, let everything uh, be brought to him and he will give you peace. Jesus, we thank you for the truth of your word 
I thank you for your Holy Spirit that does the teaching when we gather together. I pray for all the churches that there would be one true gospel preached and that it would not be self-sufficiency, but it would be Christ's sufficiency that people are convinced of in this country and all over the world. We need you. We need deep humility and repentance in our whole country and in our church. We love you and we thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.